Welcome to the Deep Dive Report. I'm your host, Ryan Smith. We are now into week 11 for the NFL season. We'll quickly recap uh, week 10 as I'm joined by the full team today. Uh, I got DeWitt Fiala, Michael Hayward, and Mike Kern. So before we begin, I'm actually going to pass the baton right away to Mr. Michael Hayward, who, um, as stated before, Giants fan. Uh, the Eagles, uh, I'm sorry, Giants beat, was it the Eagles, right, Mike, last week? Yeah. The Eagles, yeah. right? So victorious in, in, in their victory now in competition for first place in the uh, NFC lease, as we say. But what I really want to know from Mr. Haywood is what the hell is going on behind the scenes at Giants headquarters today? So, Mr. Haywood, I'll go ahead and let you start off. Uh, just kind of give us a pulse of what's going on <laughs> with the Giants yeah. culture today. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like Joe Judge and uh, Mark Colombo don't uh, don't like each other too much, or at least don't see eye to eye in terms of football. Um, so I know the original reports were there was that they were fisticuffs between the two today. Um, I think that's largely been debunked. Uh, most of the reports are, are coming out saying that there was just a verbal argument um, and then a firing pretty soon after uh it's been also according to reports it seems like judge has pretty much taken over the offensive line unit uh for for over the past month um and that maybe correlates with the improvement of the offensive line over the past month uh at any rate uh colombo was a garrett guy um garrett uh Garrett has, has, has had his own set of issues and struggles uh, with the offense in, in general, although he's been a lot better the last two or three weeks calling plays. Uh, so I, you know, it's it's a surprise it's a surprise move in the sense that I didn't expect the offensive line coach to get fired midseason while the offensive line was progressing. Uh, but once the reports came out that Joe Judge was pretty much coaching the offensive line, then it made sense that Colombo was probably going to be on the outs. So. Uh, We'll see. Um, you know, it, it's never a dull moment, I guess, in in, uh, in, in garbage NYG land. And then um, not just Judge kind of taking over some of the offensive duties as far as the offensive line, but didn't he bring in a New England guy, uh, DeWitt? What's his name? That former New England coach? Yeah. Uh, it, how, how do you say it, Hayward? I, I, I can't even say that Italian <laughs> bastard's name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me see. Let me see if I can find. Giliero or something? <laughs> <laughs> we can't even say his name. It's um, but Mike, you, you mentioned how they didn't see eye to eye. Uh, I think in a figurative sense, but um, we we know it didn't like it wasn't as you know uh, intense as reports had said because basically Joe Judge is still alive. I mean, I don't know if you know how big Mark Colombo is. Six eight. Is six eight. Um, I mean, I don't know what he what he what his playing weight is right now, but. Um, they aren't seeing eye to eye at all, and the fact that Joe Judge is still alive means it was just a verbal altercation. They make weight classes for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> true that, true that. Um, but I guess at least on the bright side, uh, Mike, um, Giants are fighting for for uh, first place in, in the NFC lease. So with that being said, before we kind of just go around the table, any any comments as of late on Mr. Dan DeMan, Daniel Jones? Uh, good game. Uh, this is the best I've seen Daniel Jones probably play uh, as a pro. Um, this game against the Eagles, and it had more to do with less to do with the stats, uh, more to do with, and even like less to do with him just not turning the ball over, uh, which he didn't do this this go around. 
uh, more to do with what he's doing pre-snap and the comfort, his comfort level with the offense. It's pretty clear that he's he's grown from a, on a week to week basis in terms of the grasp of Garrett's offense. He's doing a lot more checks at the line of scrimmage, um, lots uh, tons more uh, hard counts to to try to see what the defense is doing pre-snap. There was one great, like, really nice dime he dropped to to Deion Lewis, where he did th- two or three sets of, of hard counts and pretty much deciphered uh, what looked like single high cover three or cover one um, uh, disguised um, disguised by Philadelphia uh, pre-snap into cover two post-snap. And be- because of, of Jones's hard counts and use of motion, he was able to kind of decipher that uh, pre-snap and anticipate it. Um, so it, you're seeing a lot of progression in terms of what he's doing pre-snap, which correlates, you know, helps kind of compensate, I should say, of uh, for his shortcomings processing in real time post-snap, which we've all kind of seen him uh, do or panic and not do. So it's, uh, you know, if you know, hopefully his pre-snap, his brain and his ability to kind of adjust things and see things pre-snap will kind of calibrate and overcome some of his shortcomings. Um, but we'll see. It was, it was a good game. Um, it's two games in a row with no turnovers. It's, uh, it's great to see him making progress, but again, it's just, you know, we're only at week 11. We still got a lot of time left. We can't, it can't be a situation where we have one step forward and two steps backwards. Uh, That's that'll defeat the purpose. So he hasn't saved the children yet, but, uh, but I'm glad he had a, a very good game against Philadelphia. And just to throw some stats out there for you guys, Daniel Jones, QBR 91, Point four QB rating one hundred point nine. Does anyone want to guess the QBR for Mr. Carson Wentz from that game? <laughs> oh boy! Oh god! Thirty seven point um, seven. Not, not good. Thirty. Yeah. But his QB rating was seventy two point eight, which shows you just the difference between QBR and QB rating. But thirty seven point seven was his QBR. Just wanted to throw that out there with no picks. Going no back touchdowns. to the hard count thing, though, with Daniel Jones, I think that's a recurring theme we're seeing this year with every team. Um, a lot of quarterbacks are using it as a legit weapon. I think a lot of it has to do with the lack of fans in the stand. So it's, it's it has much more of an effect now than it, it has in prior years. But I've seen a lot of teams, a lot of quarterbacks really either drawing guys off sides or, or getting more looks than they now that, I, now, that, now that I think about it, you're right. That's a good take. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. That's a good that's point. Good point. Um, DeWitt, I don't know if you watched the – I mean, I think, yeah, I'm sure you watched the Ravens. Patriots game that we'll, I guess, touch on mm-hmm. shortly. But there's a lot of heart count from Cam and and Lamar that game that we could just hear. It. So and and that, that's predicated on just getting to the line early, right? I mean that that starts with the coaching. The the play has to get to the quarterback and the team early in the count, so that the so the players can line up and so you can you can put yourself in a position to do multiple hard counts and use multiple motions before you actually snap the ball to try to figure the puzzle out before you snap the ball. So. So yeah, I mean credit to credit to all the coaches, I guess, who are using that that philosophy. I've always been a fan of of letting the quarterback put you in the right play pre-snap uh, versus uh, you know telling the quarterback what to do A B C one two three and not giving flexibility. Good point. So I think it'll be naive of me to not at least start off with the game of the week from last week from week ten, which. Quickly, I wish I could just look directly at Mr. Kern right now because he watched that game uh, from start to finish. So, you know, Buffalo and Arizona ended in a Hail Mary toss-up that DeAndre Hopkins 
I don't know what he he mossed like three guys I think in total to to, to bring that down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. yeah, was there was no problem with the coverage on that play. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, new, you know what the scary thing yeah, is, I mean, Mike, is they, all, all three of them actually got up as high as him too. Like, like he didn't just sky him. Not as high as him, no, <laughs> not quite as high as him. But um, I mean, it, it's the best. The ball. It, it's the best three defenders in the Bills secondary too that were right there. Boyer, Hyde, and Trey White. I was going to say, so that means Norman Norman wasn't part of that mix. Okay, got it. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Norman was not allowed anywhere near that. Um, <laughs> but, no, I mean, it's just, you know, they got got, and it was a, a great game. There was a, a good chess match, both coaching and then talent all game long. Um, you know, you, you saw the Bills do their typical third quarter bullshit. I think they're minus 49 on the season or something and, and point differential in the third quarter. Um, they're, they're like plus – 50 something in the first half and then minus nine in the fourth quarter. But the third quarter is always a mess for some reason. Um, but I mean, Allen went down the field right before that had the game one. Kyler yeah. Murray comes back and does his Kyler Murray shit to nuke who's doing his nuke shit. And I mean, I, I said to you guys right before that happened, like, you know, Fitz and nuke uh, on a Hail Mary seems very intriguing at that time. And there you go. They didn't even need Fitz. Well, but, it was a really good game. Well, let's go back to that Josh Allen play uh, that you mentioned, that touchdown to Stephon Diggs. Now, I know you watch every snap of Mr. Allen, um, and I have not, but I think I've watched a good amount of people, Mr. Allen, and I want to say that was his best throw as a NFL QB. Um, I don't know if you have seen other better throws. I don't know what you guys think on that one, but, I mean, I thought that was a big-time throw, probably the best throw I've seen from him since he's been in the NFL. I mean, he, he does he, – he makes those kind of throws. I can't say regularly, like on a weekly basis, but he has that ability, and he's he's done that periodically. I mean, going back to even last year Thanksgiving, or I mean, maybe not for like a, a touchdown per se, but yeah, it was um, a good bounce. It was a good bounce back too, which I like to see from a young quarterback. I mean, that was a great throw, but I mean, he, he had some rough spots in that game, and he bounced oh, back. Yeah, third and, quarter, you know, sure. right? I mean, he had the two interceptions. Another one was probably dropped. Um, and and he bounced back, and when it was when the chips were on the line, he came up with his best throw. And that's 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 another theme with him is there is no quit. There is he's always there, fighting, and and is likely to he's he's going to have those ebbs and flows throughout the game. But at the end, he's going to put up his best usually. So I mean, it, to me, it's not a question of is Josh Allen good. It's just how good is Josh Allen at this point. And can um, we, same can be said for Kyler Murray as far as I'm concerned. And can we give some kudos to Cole Beasley that game? By the way, I think Beasley's made some oh, pretty some pretty uh, big catches there with John Brown going down. I want to say he's about 170 yards from his career high in receiving yards for a year with six games to go. Not that it really matters, but I just saw that earlier. So, yeah, he was targeted doing his thing. He was targeted 13 times. I mean, Allen's looking for him. Holy crap! His, 13 times. His, his route running is amazing. Like he he was dusting everybody up in those in those short and intermediate routes, and he was really getting open. So I, I I'm not surprised he was targeted as much as he was because he was getting open. Thirteen. Again, they had to abandon the running game though because they they can't get run production on on their their cover two looks. They're and morphing then plus, into Dan a Joseph team. was showing things and then kind of really uh, switching it up after the snap. So it was yeah. great coaching by Vance Joseph. To me, it feels like they're morphing into a team that's kind of covering up their deficiencies in the run game um, with 
with the passing game, right? Like Beasley, yeah. 11 receptions, averaged nine and 9.9 yards, right? Um, Steph Diggs, 10 receptions, averaged 9.3 yards. Um, you know, they can't run the ball. They know it. So they're using shorter passes to cover for the run game. They did hold out their starting center one more game with the concussion thing, knowing that they had to buy this week. So it is going to be interesting to see if they'll be able to run the ball with their starting center and right guard. Um, they haven't had all year that could be something or they could just suck at running the ball yeah i mean aside from allen they ran the ball 11 times yeah and not successfully <laughs> right right I, you know 2.9 for moss 3.8 for singletary middling numbers only 11 rushes that's why i say when they get when they get a spot they don't trust that they can get four yards they would rather let Allen throw it to, say, one of the best route runners in the league, Diggs, on a slant or a hitch or something like that, because you have better odds at this point than picking up four yards on the ground. And neither back is particularly effective in the passing game either. I mean, they can right. catch a little bit out of the backfield, but they can't really do much other than just get checkdowns. And that's, that's showing in the offense, too. If the season that's- ended today, will Colin Murray be the MVP? No. No, it's, it's got to be Mahomes. Yeah, it's got to be Mahomes still. I mean, Kyler's up there. There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, Mahomes would have my vote. He's done nothing to not deserve it. Kyler would get votes, yes. But it, it, would, it would be a distant second, maybe. Right, right. And, I, you know, Wilson's kind of tailed off a little bit himself. So, I mean, there there is the argument that Murray could be second. Okay. Yeah, just checking. I guess to your point, uh, I think Hayward made a comment earlier. We still got a lot of football left uh, yeah. rest of the week. So, from moving from the game of the week, right? Uh, Bills, Cardinals. Any other call outs you guys um, have from week 10? Well, I mean, it was yeah, a crazy what, what week the, for the most part. But What the heck I happened just, in New England? That's, that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was, so I Mike wants to go early. straight to Sunday night football. I fell, I fell asleep early and woke up. And, the well, like, what, 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 what happened? Well, I think the wit you can probably share as well, or at least attest uh, that you didn't miss nothing. That game, it was ugly. It was raining. And I mean, you talking about two teams just running the football. I was joking with the wit earlier. I think during the game, the way as you remember, I was like, man, this is going to be the quickest first half ever. It's going to be under like an hour because it really was like that. It was like just running the football, running the football. Um, some, key, some key injuries for the Ravens, though. Um, they lost Nick Boyle. Um, if you guys don't know who that is, he's considered like one of the best blocking Titans in the league. Um, he out for the season. They lost uh, Brandon Williams who got hurt. So really, with Brandon Williams and uh, Clayus Campbell, and yes, I can use a Pro, a pro Bowl reference. They both were Pro Bowlers last year. Um, they had no one up the middle as far as on the defensive line. So New England was just running all over them the first half, um, just eating clock. Um, and yeah, it was an ugly game. I mean, I mean that's what New England does, and yeah. it's not a secret at this point. They're just going to run the ball and pass as little as possible. <laughs> uh, I mean, Newton threw for 118 yards. It sounds like a second-tier high school stat line, but it kind of highlighted the problems the Ravens have had all year. The weather didn't help them, no doubt about that, Ryan. But if there are weaknesses to the Ravens, is inability to run the ball, inability at times to stop the run. Um, and in a game with, with that kind of crappy weather and they haven't established a culture this season anyway of being able to run the football, um, they got put in a bind where they got outran by New England. Yeah, and I'm not trying to make excuses for the Ravens, but, I mean, everyone knows Clayus Campbell and Brandon Williams, that's the D-line in terms of stopping the run. And we have those two players both gone. 
I mean, I, as soon as Williams was taken off the field and he wasn't returning, I said, oh, man, this, is, this game's going to get ugly. Um, because ooh, basically the rest of the, the, the D-line is pass rushes outside of Wolf. But, yeah, I mean, it was a classic New England game of this year. Just run the football, control the clock, pass when you have to. Uh, believe it or not, in the monsoon weather, Lamar threw the ball 34 times. The pass game was actually not bad. He had a lot of key drops. I mean, due to, you can argue due to the weather. Um, but it was one of those games as a fan. I guess you can say it's a wash to me. I mean, I, it's funny. I think I've finished watching the Coast game, what they what they won, or the Eagles game, more disappointed than actually watching this New England game. So it, it is what it you know it is what it is. But um, yeah, DeWitt's right. Patriots capitalized you know as far as just running on the Ravens, and it's similar to what the Titans did with the Ravens during the playoffs. If you can run against the Ravens, um, then more more likely you're going to win the football game because their strength is the secondary on on defense. Yeah, I don't put too much put uh, much stock in those sloppy weather games. I mean, I watched the first half of that game, and I was like, I I, I could have put on the second half. But I'm like, it's it's not worth really wasting your time evaluating because you're not gonna really get anything out of it. It's the same thing with that uh, Browns Texans game. Other than the fact it's the Browns and Texans, there was really no reason to put that on because that was just messy too. It, so, if if there is one, if there is one. I guess call out or positive. Well, let me say, let me call out a negative and a positive. The first negative is, if you remember, the last play of the first half, Ravens are in scoring distance, right? And Lamar goes for the gusto. He 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 throws a yep. goal route to Marquise Brown, and you could just clearly see it's tough to get that kind of pass to a guy that's five eight, one hundred and sixty five pounds. I mean. Brown really had no separation, but it was one of those plays where a bigger receiver, like a Boykins or whoever, or at least a decent big receiver, would probably would have brought that in. But that's the only deficiency that I see with um, Marquise Brown and the Ravens passing game. They they really don't have like a consistent big man on the outside. So and that particular play, that I mean, the coverage was really tight. <laughs> oh no, 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 it was tight. But you know what I'm trying to say that sometimes those fifty fifty balls have to be at least made by the receiver. And I think the rate, I think right. Hollywood. I guess what I'm trying to say is I think Hollywood safe to say regardless if he had. Patrick Mahomes as his QB, I still think he's at best a number two receiver. That's all I'm saying. I think Hollywood. He's a weapon. He's a, he's weapon. a weapon. He's a Will Fuller. He's a, a yeah. Tyreek Hill, who's not really a number one wide receiver. He's just he he changes the defense enough to open things up for everybody else. Exactly. A lot, a lot of his value is being a decoy, but he can still break things to open deep, and you got to be able to hit him when he does. Yeah. Not necessarily that uh, play, but I mean, the, 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 being able to expect a guy to to make that catch i mean unless it's like new like we mentioned earlier Anquan like Bolden. old school brandon marshall or Anquan Bolden. good fucking luck <laughs> i mean it's, that's not a 50 50 ball that's a you have to have a dude that's like it's my ball and that's it and he's got to be half psychopath yeah um but it was so that i want to call it but also i wanted to call out um one and the way i don't know if you noticed this the ravens ran a lot of spread with lamar yeah. the only one in the backfield which I was like, oh, whoa, what is this? So the second half, go figure. The Ravens ran a lot of spread with just Lamar um, behind center. And it allowed Lamar to either throw a quick pass or to go run. So that's something new that I've, you know, something new that I've seen this year uh, that I have not in the past. So I'm hoping that's like a new wrinkle going forward of a spread type offense with Lamar having the option to either throw it short or long or you know, just taking a run. I just think, I just think, considering the weather, that was a tactical error. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, it could be, but I'm trying to like, find some hope and grit. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe don't put that on tape until you can actually use it. Yeah, right, like, right, exactly. I, I would have kept, you know, I would have kept a guy in the backfield and just, you know, ran more RPOs, um, considering the weather, rather than try to spread the field horizontally. But I mean, that's just me. No, I hear how long, you. How long is Campbell out? He's he's been day to day. He should be back next week, hopefully. But um, Brandon Williams too. Like I said, the Ravens are pretty beat up now. Their their defense is pretty beat up. Um, but they say day to day, so I'm hoping he can be back against the Titans. But yeah, I mean, I you know the Ravens are a totally different team on defense when you have their two big men out, you know, from their front front seven. But uh, but yeah. Oh, Derek, but uh, is Derek Wolf still still playing? No, actually, he played. Pretty decent. Uh, he was okay. the only like run stopper they had uh, last game. To be yeah. quite honest, um, yeah. Uh, but the way I do got to call out that one play. The um, what's it? What's his name? Jacoby Myers. Uh, so New England ran a what was it? Uh, what was it? The what? It was like a a receiver pass. Uh, yeah, receiver pass. Yeah. Where Patrick McQueen actually covered the ball pretty well. I mean, he covered the receiver pretty well, but it was a perfect throw. So I thought that was kind of interesting to see that play call. Yeah, uh- Curran uh, will back me up on this um, as much as we might uh, uh, disagree on the uh, Patriots lore. Um, they have a deep bag of tricks as far as trick plays go. And, um, yeah. And, you know, and, they'll, and they'll, they're not shy about pulling those out. And illegal picks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> now, Ryan, the, the, the one you called out, it was a pick behind the line. Of I scrimmage, know. So. I know. I know. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's reaction was like, that's not that's not legal, and then like New England's the only team that knows that. Oh, it is legal within what is it within like five yards? Within within one yard of the line <laughs> of scrimmage. <laughs> yeah, well, this, yeah. one, this one this one actually took place behind the line of scrimmage. It was double legal. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, boy, I, I did I did also before we moved on. I did want to call out uh, also uh, being down here in Tampa. Uh, Tampa had a nice bounce back this week. Uh, you know, uh, Karim was talking about throwing out sloppy weather games. So I'm going to throw out that game last week against the Saints. <laughs> um, uh, but they had a good bounce back this week against Carolina, a tough football team. And uh, um, I thought it was going to be a pretty tough game. And Tampa ended up doubling up. So doubling them up. So that was a, that was a good bounce back on their part. Is there any friction, you think, between Arians and Brady? Or is that, or is that just smoke from the media? You know, I'm sure there's some internal bickering about how the offense is run and how, you know, and what, you know, what parts of the game it's ran that way. But, I mean, that's going to happen with any veteran quarterback uh, and their coach. I mean, I don't think anybody's immune to that. Is it? Or, or is I mean, is, is that going to happen with any coach and veteran quarterback? Or is that like Bruce wants to throw the ball and they're 30th in the league and third and seven plus because <laughs> you have a guy that won't. Yeah. No, I mean, their, their styles never really meshed from day one. So it's not just anybody ver you know, and anybody having that that lack of chemistry. It's specifically a guy like Ar- Arians versus a guy like even Breeze or Brady, or even like well, no, Rivers would throw the ball. It would just be ugly. <laughs> Arians wants to go downfield all the time, right? Uh, Hay- Hayward likes to quote him, you know, no risk it, no biscuit. Uh, so. It's it's a good marriage in the sense that they keep each other in check uh, to a degree, right? You can't you can't play Arians ball and win consistently. Uh, we've seen that already, and obviously you can't just check it down for three yards every time either. Um, I think you know Tom Brady's probably thrown twenty plus yards more this year 
already than he did all of last year. So there is a there is some give and take. Uh, and due to the fact that there is that give and take, then yeah, at some points there's going to be friction. Any other games we want to call out before we move on to week 11? Uh, how about the Saints and James Winston now playing QB? Anyone want to call out that 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 rare Drew Brees injury that occurred? Yeah, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see Winston um, with, you know, better coaching, I'm assuming. Maybe not. I don't know. But I mean, I do like Arians. But I don't know if James was really ever brought up to speed on the nuances of the, of the game and maybe sitting behind somebody like Brees. Not that I'm sure Brees didn't. I think 30 interceptions last year. I'll answer that question. <laughs> uh, does it? Because I, I, mean, I don't know. Some of those guys just don't learn, and they don't. They, they just do what they do. But I am. I am no intrigued risk to it, see. No I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see. Like I, I did see a little bit more crisp footwork from Winston in the in the few snaps he had. Um, started out better, and then kind of his last few passes. It was only like total, but his last few passes weren't really as good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something I'm. I'm Interested in seeing. Let me quiz you guys real quick. This this would be fun without looking or cheating. Who was leading the league in passing yards? Does anyone want to guess? Passing yards? Um, I have no idea. Come on. Bones. Come on. <laughs> Brady? Mr. Uh, Allen. Oh, all right. <laughs> Who was leading the league in tackles? That's a that's a very random thing to bring up, so I'm gonna say Queen. No. Oh. <laughs> it's gotta go back to the Ravens. It gotta go back to the Ravens. Okay, here, I'll give a hint. I'm looking I'm looking at Mr. Hayward. Blake. Yeah, and <laughs> Blake Martinez. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> yeah, he's he's torn it up this year. Is that a good, good. I was gonna say, I mean, Mike, I, is that a good thing? Or <laughs> I, I think I, I, I didn't I particularly text you about him during during a giant uh the Giants um Bucks game. Um, I commented to Hayward. Yeah. And I was like, "Man, that, that Blake Martinez is freaking everywhere. He's all over the. It's it's reminiscent, really, of they couldn't get um, away from the guy. Run left, it, run right. They couldn't get away from him. It's reminiscent of of the uh, of what Ray Lewis had in front of him in Baltimore. And that's kind of how Blake is getting his tackles, uh, Ryan. Kind of to over some sim- simplify it. Like the Giants are pretty dominant up front, uh, especially in the interior. Uh, so it's it's you know, they're making life the life of Blake for Blake kind of tackle the tackle pretty easy. I don't want to take anything away from Blake. Like Blake is doing his job, like on one-on-one tackles, you know, between the tackles, especially he's, he's getting, he's making contact at the line of scrimmage and sometimes behind, which is great. Um, but he's a perfect fit for the personnel that's in front of him. I haven't spent much time looking at the Giants defense, but is it more like a Ray Lewis thing or is it more like a London Fletcher thing? Where if you remember London Fletcher enough, he, he used to rack up a lot of tackles, but they're always like five yards downfield. Yeah, no, definitely more of a definitely more of a Ray Lewis thing. Like, okay. like with the with the exception of of last week, the uh, the Giants kind of conceded the run against Philly this week. Um, not that Philly took advantage of it, but that's a different story. Um, but uh, aside from this week, the, uh, a lot of his tackles have been within, we'll say, three yards of the line of scrimmage. They've been productive tackles. They're not the yeah, they're not the tackles where you're where he's riding somebody's uh, backside <laughs> for three or four yards, right? Yeah. Well, London Fletcher was always the the one that made me hate tackle stats just because yeah, it's five yards down the field and because he could never 
help get a defense off the fucking field. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. He'd have like he'd have like 164 tackles and two of them mattered. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, good. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for the insight, Mike. Uh, On Blake Martinez. What about sacks, guys? Who's leading the league in sacks? I am the worst sack guy on the planet. No, how about how about Aaron Donald? Is he second? Ah, I, I gave it a good go. When in doubt, just guess Aaron Donald. You got good. <laughs> which is impressive him. Which is which Khalil is impressive Mack? him second. Uh no. Uh, Mr. Garrett. Miles uh, Garrett. He has a half sec right. over uh Dono. Um what about rushing? This should be easy. Rushing, guys. Cook? Yep. Receiving. I think Diggs, isn't he? Yep. And then last but not least, interceptions. This should be easy for you to wit. Oh, JC Jackson. Who was Basically, fan voted in to the Pro Bowl. By the way, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you saw that article. He oh, was, he right was, in. He was he was left off the Pro Bowl uh, list, and then the fans the uh, ballot. Yeah, yeah, the ballot. Yeah, yeah. Belichick boned him. Yeah, so <laughs> we had to put Jason McCordy on there because yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want the kid getting a big head, Mike. Okay. Yeah, or doesn't want him getting paid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The Patriot way. Yeah, it yeah. actually, I think it was Hayward. You shared an article about uh, how the Jaguars are trying to stop um, the Goku yeah. as far as getting uh, as far as getting selected, yeah. right? So yeah, they, Yannick and Gakwe getting getting Gakwe. mad mad Pro Bowl votes yeah. to um, to up Jacksonville's draft pick that they had that they that they got for trading him. Yeah, I have to say, Jaguar fans for the win today. I, I, I've never been prouder of that that fan base in all my life. Good good for them. <laughs> Okay. All right. Now, now we talked about interceptions, but a stat that's just as important for a corner, and in some ways more important, a stat I like to look at is passes defensed. Any guesses on who's leading the NFL in passes defensed? Josh Norman. <laughs> I know Tom Tomlinson may lead the linemen. It's a side note. <laughs> uh, there's a tie for for first between Tampa's Carlton Davis and James Bradbury. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. Bradbury is having a again; he's having an All Pro year, man. So just you know, uh, J.C. Jackson's eleven is tied for fifth with Malcolm Butler. Interesting. So, moving into Week Eleven, we got a big Thursday night game. We have Seattle versus Arizona in Seattle. Ooh, any predictions for that game from anyone? I mean, <sighs> I keep banking a lot on bounce backs and. Um, I keep being wrong, so. But I, I think Russ and Seattle has to kind of get their footing back at some point, and I, the Cardinals still feel like a nine and seven, eight and eight team. They they managed to squeak one by last week instead of going five and four. Now they're six and three. So I mean, you you are what your record is, I guess. But I'm um, gonna ride the hot. I get your point, Mike. Um, I, I don't think they're as good as their record, but they're hot, right? They're they're admittedly hot. Then again, Seattle is good as their record, yeah. so yeah. So I'm, I'm going to ride the hot hand here and say Arizona, considering it's a COVID season and uh, Seattle's home field advantage isn't what it usually is. Seattle's favorite though. Give me Seattle. Uh, I didn't. I didn't quite buy how the Cardinals came back the last go round. Thought they got a little bit. Not. I don't want to say fluky. Uh, that's kind of how the NFL works. Things like that. Can and that's happen. how they play too. Right. So I, I'll take. I'll take Seattle in this in this contest. And what's the line? Does anyone know? Minus minus three Seattle, which seems fair. 
That seems like yeah. a fair line. Yeah, they're at, I agree. They're at, they're at home. They're minus three. Uh, with the points, I might take Seattle, but I, or I'm sorry. With the points, I would definitely take Arizona straight up. Seattle may win the game. But it's, it's a toss-up. Is, is, is Mike Vick in the background? Is all fighting ring going back yeah, there? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Mike, Vick, Mike Vick, which he had, Riker. <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect segue. Well, I think that sounds a perfect segue to the Browns Eagles matchup. So, <laughs> unintended, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cleveland's favorite minus three and a half over the Eagles. Can the Eagles keep the keep the NFC least streak alive? But <laughs> yeah, they they could. You have to clockwork orange me to watch this game. <laughs> Uh, Philly has to stop the run, like point blank. We all, everyone knows what Cleveland can do, and it's one thing, and it's run the ball and rush the, rush the passer. Uh, Philly has to figure out a way to keep uh, Miles Garrett from from completely wrecking their game plan, and Philly has to figure out a way to stop the run. Nick Chubb is back. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. they got to stop the run. I um, think Kareem Hunt's better anyway, but sure. Well, I mean, you'll probably say that after Nick Chubb probably cost you fantasy points, right? By not running in for the touchdown. Did you, did you guys see that? He stopped. He, he, yeah. he ran like, I don't know, what, 80 yards and then just ran out of bounds at the one yard line. <laughs> What's funny thing is he didn't have to do that, which was funny. It wasn't like the Falcons game where he needed to go no. down. But no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'm still Team Chubb. You're still Team Chubb. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Falcon Saints. Does anyone want to touch that? Minus five, New Orleans, James Winston's debut. Jameis. <laughs> <laughs> this game is going to be interesting. It could be interesting. It depends on, you know, what kind of – so uh, I have a theory. Like, I actually don't think we're going to see – I think I think Taysom Hill is going to play a lot more than people think he's going to play. Um, right, so okay, I'm uh, interested I, to see what they do with the quarterbacks, to be honest. Uh, Karen, I got a bet for you. In this one game, do the Saints attempt more passes 20-plus yards down the field than they have the entire rest of the season? Yes. <laughs> Whether they're called or not, Jameis isn't having it. Yeah, because I know I know during last week's game uh, when the Saints played the Bucks, they they mentioned that um, that Brees has only attempted f- uh, four passes up until that point, twenty plus yards down the field, four. Um, so if that's still the number, or or if it's five, I can see that being eclipsed in one shot, you know, one game. And I still have my Brees skepticism about the injury i've always kind of thought he was going to take a month off this year at some point kind of like last year and i don't think he's really that hurt so if they need him he'd probably come back um i don't know if did he go on ir for three weeks or is he is he just sitting out i don't know he's just sitting out i mean he's on IR. you have five broken ribs and that's supposed to cost you six weeks or so give or take <laughs> um i can see him coming back in, in three to four Uh, give me the Saints either way. Yep. I'm I'm going with the Saints too. Minus five against a team like the Falcons. I mean, yeah, give me the Saints. <laughs> Even okay. if they play dink and dunk and, and, and Winston makes a couple of mistakes, I, st- I still think they, they're a good enough football team, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, to cover five points against a, a very mistake-prone Atlanta team. All right, I want to quickly go by this game, but I'm interested to hear you guys uh, guess the line for the Bengals-Washington game. It's in... It's in uh, Landover, Maryland. So Washington's home team. Anyone want to guess the line on that I, game? I'm I'm looking at the line and I'm befuddled. Yeah, so, me too. That's why. Does anyone want to I'm guess? Gonna go, I'm gonna I'm guess. Gonna... I'm gonna guess 
I'm gonna guess Cincinnati plus three. I'll guess a pick. I guess I'll guess Washington in like a pickle since they're home. One, yeah, minus one I, and a half Washington. Yeah, I, I just favor Cincy in this game. I, I don't understand how Washington is favored at all. Yeah, but. me too. Yeah, I, only I think only because Washington, like, actually, I don't know. They put up something that looked like offense late in the game last week with Aaron, Aaron's with uh sorry oh, Alex Smith um like just from the betters view the betters eye I could see people taking looking at Washington as the favorite over a Cincinnati team that just looks all sorts of bad since outside of the third the first handful of weeks of the season. All right. If the game was in if the game was in Cincinnati, I think the 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 line would be flipped. Okay. Uh, Give me the Bengals in that game. I'm with Karen. All right. Uh, no line for Lions and Panthers. Any call-outs for this game? Or we guys want to pass? It's in Carolina. I would bet Carolina uh, in this game. Is, is Teddy even playing? I don't even know if that matters. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really respect him as a quarterback anyway. But Is, is, is Stafford playing? Stafford uh, dinged up his thumb, right? He has a, a ligament, ligament damage in his thumb. Yeah, he's, he's, not right? the, he's not on the injury report. Okay. All right. I'm looking at the injury report right now, and uh, Stafford's not on it. All one right. thing I do want to bring up though is is I mean our, like the one thing to kind of keep an eye on for teams going forward in the future is the receiver playing running back. I think we're seeing a little bit more of that. I can see a team actually going full into that, whether it be you know like the whole Ty Montgomery mold with the Packers a few years ago. Now we're seeing it with Curtis Samuel, which is why I bring it up now. Yeah. Um, where I, I Cardell Patterson I think is doing it more in Chicago. I think teams might just start bypassing running back completely and just putting, you know, former running back wide receivers back there for, you know, maybe five carries each a game or something. To that point, like some of these guys, some of this maybe is just scouting catching up, right? Or offensive office of philosophy catching up with, with, you know, kind of the talent pool that enters the NFL uh, sphere or spectrum. Like, in my opinion, Cordero, Cordero, Cordero Patterson was always a running back stuck in a wide receiver's body. Curtis Samuel, when I evaluated him, I buried him on my wide receiver list because I didn't think the dude was a pure wide receiver. Like, I, I don't like wide receivers who can't catch and separate. I thought he was an athlete. I thought he was a running back, a slash guy. So, I mean, I think we're getting like, like people are like offensive coordinators and scouts are, are, catch, are finally catching up to the modern day skill set of what these slash receiver running back types are, to, to your point. Grant, I, I agree. Yeah, how how long was it before Patterson got any traction in the league, right? Um, until yeah. until you know he you know he was you know started. I I think you know with New England the short time he was there, they started using him. Um, just between tackles, guy, slash guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and I mean, Gibson was was a, he had thirty some carries in, in college, and now he's he's doing very well with, with Washington. Yeah, yep. Lavisca Chanel doing the same thing too. Yeah, yep. it's, it's just I, I can see a team just going all in on that. It makes you wonder, though, um, you know, how the fullback as is basically extinct now in that position. It makes you wonder in the future, will a receiver running back position position will be like, I guess, position list, right? Like, will we start seeing more Alvin Kamara's out there where it's really you're talking my language? Yeah. Well, you know. I, my, my my ideal offense is like five former quarterbacks out there. You don't know who's throwing, running or catching. But yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> All right, who, who else we got, Ryan? Lose him. I was. 
He's trying. Yeah, I'm trying. I don't know what's going on. Um, Steelers, Jags. I was going to say Ooh. is the next one. Anyone? Anyone want to guess the line on that? Probably too uh, much. Yeah, probably probably Pittsburgh minus ten. Yep, Pittsburgh minus ten. So we can quickly move past that game. Uh, Titans, Ravens. I actually think Ravens might win this game. Actually, I think we're already home. Yep, they're home. Uh, minus six and a half, Baltimore. We'll see. I'm curious to see how the Ravens look on defense, but uh, both teams are six and three, right? So someone's going to take a back seat in terms of well, uh, if, if 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 both of those uh, those defensive linemen are still out, they're in for a long day against Derrick Henry. Oh yeah, without a doubt. But a, a, a good story this year is Deontay Foreman kind of coming back though after yeah, thinking he good might call be out. done with Houston. He's, he's been looking really good. That's a good call out. And yeah. then uh, Tampa's playing um, the Rams. Uh, that could be a sneaky good game as well. Uh, I mean, the Rams, they're 6-2, and two, or 6-3 somehow. Um, but one of those teams, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, this DeWitt, could be a blowout. or DeWitt jumped right into Monday night. I was still going yeah. through Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to circle back, too. Um, I think Jacksonville, Jacksonville Pitt's going to be a lot closer than people think. Um, okay. The fair. Steelers love playing down to... Yeah, to opponents, and they, for whatever reason, Tomlin and Ro- and Roethlisberger love playing way down to Jacksonville, like through the course of history. So I, I'm actually I actually think this game's gonna be close and people think. Yeah, you, you just feel Pittsburgh they're gonna lose one soon, like one what, right. what the hell type game. I forgot someone yeah. said this on a podcast. I, I forgot who it was, but they said what, normally there's three like throwaway games that each team has per year, which a throwaway game doesn't necessarily mean that they lose the game, but it's kind of one of those like. What they the play hell? Like crap. Yeah, play like crap yeah. type of games. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, New England, uh, Houston, DeWitt. Uh, in Houston. Want to guess the line on that one? Uh, New England minus three and a half, maybe. Uh, New England minus two, which I must point out. And I told you guys this last week. I kept you know, beating the drum on this. I said if New England beats Baltimore, they're back in the hunt. I mean, think about it. They beat the Texans. They're now five and five. Which is crazy because I thought after the Bills game they were, they were done. So they still is, got a long way to catch up, but, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, a lot of six and threes in the AFC. That's true, but they play the Bills again, right, and the Dolphins again, right? So they can gain some ground, knowing that they have to play. Oh yeah, I'm not worried about the Dolphins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, we know. But the problem is the careful. But but DeWitt, you must DeWitt, you must recognize this as a fan that. What the Jets were? How close to really ending the Patriots' season? To be honest, uh, yeah, fifty-two yard field goal had to go through the uprights to prevent that. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, um, and, and to Mike's point, I mean, yeah, I know the Dolphins are still there, but would it? It wouldn't surprise me if New England beat the Dolphins. It would shock me if they beat the Bills. There's just a, it's a different class of football team. When a game was close, though, shock me. Both of the, yeah, that game. Yeah, was, it was close. What the heck? Game was it? Close. That wouldn't shock me. And a, a, a division interdivision. It was. It was I, 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 well, I wouldn't. I Cam wouldn't fumbled the ball, right? Did it, can it Cam fumble on, on a winning drive? He fumbled the football, right? Yeah, yeah. What the yeah. heck? Do it. I, yeah, I think I think the Pats will be the, the clear dogs, but I don't. I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be shocked if if Jacksonville won the rest of their football games. Like that would shock me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving on to Dolphins Broncos. Since we were just speaking about the Dolphins, uh, Miami's favorite minus three. It's in Denver. Hayward, any comments on your local team? No, nope. 
uh, the Broncos still suck. The Broncos can't stop the run. The two is not going to have to do much to win this game. Uh, the the fins, the fins, yeah, yep, yep, again, <laughs> the fins will roll. All right, let's move then to Jets and Chargers, which I don't care about this game, but can you believe the Chargers only have two wins? I, I keep saying the sexiest football team uh, this year at two and seven. Their favorite eight and a half points with only two wins against the Jets. This shows you how bad They're the Jets cover. are. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I'm a little worried. Like, yeah, looking at the schedule, like the Jets better win this game if, if they if they don't want to go. If Jet fans don't doesn't want don't want to sit through 0 16, and they kind of need to show up on Sunday. They want to sit through 0 16 at this point. Yeah. I was just gonna say. I mean, you're 0 and 9. Why not just go all the way? Yeah, well, I mean, well, the fans yeah. been complaining about why in the hell are we still starting Flacco and Frank Gore? <laughs> like, why? You're the number one pick. I mean. Los Angeles has won two games. If the Jets win this game, now you're down to only one game up on the Chargers for the number one pick, right? So, I mean, if I'm a Jets fan, I mean, I'm playing this like I'm a Knicks fan. Tank. Right, right. Poor P. Ryan. Mm. Mm. Did we get a a poor P. Ryan in there? I think we did. Yeah, we got a P. Ryan. Yeah. (laughs) Poor, poor P. Ryan. Um, Packers, Coats, uh, Indy's, wow, Indy's favorite, uh, minus two. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that one. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're playing a lot, but it seems like Frank Wright has find some, found found the secret sauce to that offense. Uh, that's a.k.a. Uh, Naeem Himes, who is finally going off after I released him from all of my fantasy teams after <laughs> drafting him in the last round in several fantasy leagues because I knew he was going to go off at some point. He finally unlocked him. But yeah, um, I'm not sure if they're going to beat Green Bay here. Yeah, Green Bay is one of those teams, though. You know, I mean, they have a really good record. They're seven and two, but you wouldn't know it. You know, (laughs) you know, the the games they lost were ugly, and there's been some other ones that were just really close that shouldn't have been very close. Like this past week, Green Bay beat Jacksonville what twenty four to twenty. I mean, that's hardly dominant by by any by any stretch. They lose to the Vikings. A couple of weeks back, you really don't know what you're getting with Green Bay. They're, yeah. you know, for for me, they they seem, you know, they feel like they feel like a Rams kind of team where a lot of this is just smoke right now. And speaking well, of- Mike said that the Colts are playing better and they're favored right now, and they came off a, a game against the the Titans, in which they basically they blew them out, which you know whatever. So what this does to me is Philip Rivers got everybody's hopes up, and what <laughs> happens when Philip Rivers gets everybody's hopes up? Because Philip Rivers takes a big steaming shit. So Green so. Green Bay, we're picking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking of the Vikings, another team I think is is on the rise: Cowboys, Vikings in Minnesota. Minnesota minus seven. Here we go with the with the Vikings now. Vikings could be back in contention. The Bears are dropping. Like another weird team. Yeah. Man, uh, like cue the cue the Undertaker uh, resurrection meme. The, the Vikings, I thought for sure were dead. And I called them out as being dead early in the season, just from the body language of that team when they were getting their behinds kicked every week. But every, and they have a good chance of beating Dallas because Dallas can't. Because everybody does. Because everybody, yeah, because everybody does. You know, I mean, I and mean, they beat they, Dallas. They beat Dallas. I mean, they're going to, they're right back in the, they're right back in the mix, man. They have as long as Kirk Cousins doesn't have to throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep giving it to Dallas. I mean, they, after the Cowboys, they have the Panthers and the Jags. Yeah, but that's manageable. Very manageable. Chiefs Raiders, no line rematch from earlier in the season. Chiefs only lost 
uh, was against the Raiders. Raiders yeah. are six and three, uh, home now against the Chiefs. So what do we see? Do we see a sweep by the Raiders or do we see a Chiefs victory here? Give me the Chiefs. Uh, give me the yeah, Chiefs. Ain't dicking around no more. Yeah, give me, yeah. Give me the Chiefs. But I, the I mean, Raiders are my favorite AFC wildcard team right now. I think. You know, honestly, like if the Chiefs well, won the if the Chiefs had won the first game between the two teams. I would give the Raiders better better odds, right? Um, but the fact that they've already clipped the Chiefs, the Chiefs know that. Um, you know they're they're coming to play. I still have the Chiefs as the best football team in the league. I I, I still think right now they're going to win the Super Bowl. But I mean things can happen, right? But I still think they're a cut above from everyone. Just my take. I I agree with you, Ryan. I think they are. But in a season where we have seen just the craziest shit happen, you know, this kind of feels like one of those seasons where like a six seed might go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, you know, like oh, yeah. just something stupid. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, and then DeWitt, we can end it off with you on your early mention of the Rams-Buccaneers game in Tampa. Bucks yeah. minus four. I don't know, DeWitt. I think the Rams might pull out this game. Yeah, I mean, you got one of the best offenses in the league statistically against the best scoring defense in the league and the number one pass defense. I think they recently passed the Bears as the number one pass defense. So um, it's it's basically strength on strength here, uh, offense versus defense. Uh, it's a primetime game. Uh, it could go either way. It really could. Uh, I don't I don't particularly love the Buccaneers minus four, though. Any other thoughts yeah. on this game? Uh, if Brady I'm hates pressure in his face, and he's facing the pressure in your face guy. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I mean, that is that is – that yeah, that is that is a concern, and that's why their pass defense is so good. I mean, I actually think this... I think Tampa Bay's defense is. I think Todd the matchup T- Tampa's going to have to exploit to win this game is going to be Todd Bowles versus Jared Goff. I think that's how they win this game, if they win this game. Right, make make uh, make Goff beat himself. Yeah, that's generally the way to beat them, isn't it? I yeah. mean, when the Rams lose, Jared Goff looks like he shouldn't be in the NFL. Right. I mean, it's that <laughs> ugly when they lose. And if he's any better than that, if he's just average, they usually win the football game. And he's been pretty decent for the most part, except for, you know, a few stretches here and there. I mean, the one of their losses, it was like half the game. And then he came, you know, like, like I said, the, the Buffalo game specifically, he was a mess the first like quarter and a half. And then he was Hall of Fame Jared Goff. From the rest of the game, but just pulled out. The guy's got 13 touchdown passes on the year, and I know you know we don't want to put our eggs in the stat basket here, um, but that's obviously not how they're winning football games, right? They're 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 not winning football games on Jared Goff's arm. They just they just need him to be good enough and stay out of the way and let the defense handle the rest. Well, we covered basically all the games. Any closing comments at all for Week 11? Before we wrap ben things Roth up, for the next gig. <laughs> I'm not gonna uh, let the streak die today. All right, Hayward. Um, yeah, the Eagles are in trouble. I I don't know if you guys heard the Doug Peterson half meltdown on on a Philadelphia sports radio, but uh, that that team is in deep trouble. Says the yeah, I, I caught some of that. Um, just you know, uh, glancing at Twitter earlier. It'll be interesting to see the how many wins will the NFC East division winner will have come end of the year. So that's going to be interesting to track going forward. Yeah, I think Shit, six, I wanna, I think I six wanna, wins. I wanna, it. 
I want to know how many how many games the whole division is going to win. <laughs> like, let's add up the entire division and see what we come out with. Yeah, I think Steelers have more wins than the entire NFC East combined. I think. <laughs> That's crazy. Dewitt, any closing remarks from you from your end? No, uh, I mean, you know, I, I think we we pretty much nailed it when looking at uh, Week Eleven here. Um, that a lot of these games and a lot of these divisions are completely up for grabs and not any of us really have a clue how a lot of these games are going to go from week to week. Nope. And I agree with you. And on that note, Karen, any, I'm just uh, right now kind of looking this week and then, you know, towards the end of the year, uh, my, my mind's always happened in the scouting and the draft and things like that. And especially quarterbacks and, and looking at the bottom teams here, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to have to really ask difficult quarterback questions in the draft coming up. You know, with, with guys like, you know, obviously Lawrence is number one, but then you Fields, Lance, Wilson, those are the names so far. And then you see teams Trask. like Trask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but please, but teams with like please, three, please three wins or less right now, you're, you're looking at, you know, Philly, Atlanta, Denver. Well, Denver's not really a question at this point. Uh, the Giants, uh, you know, Cincinnati and, and Chargers are out. Um, you know, Houston. What, what, does Watson want to stay there? Does he let them keep him? You know, I mean, he seems like a good enough guy that he wouldn't demand a trade, but maybe he should. What's the Dak Prescott situation? It, it's it's going to be real interesting. I heard a lot of names that would look good in New England. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, they're not in the three. They're not in the three win club right now. <laughs> anyway, uh, Karen, where can we follow you on Twitter? At underscore Mickey Dicky. Mickey Dicky. There you go. Dewitt. Football 365. Hayward. At Law Okay, and for this podcast, Deep Dive Report on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So, yeah, guys, uh, great recap and preview uh, as far as going into week 11. Uh, and we'll definitely resume. And to your point, to what I agree, we have no idea of what's to come until we are right. back on next week. So, All we uh, can do is dissect it and move on. And move on. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys, and we'll resume next week. Take care. All right. Peace.